Oh, I've got coffee and everything. I'm ah. feeling all ready for the day. That's great. Is this the first thing you're doing today? God, no. I've filmed yoga. Um, I've walked to the dog. I've made some bread. I'm sure there was something else. I've had a shower. You're a, you're a bastion of productivity, aren't you? Oh, mate, I am, I am like, you know, the weekend means nothing to me. I'm like, eat, sleep, repeat. I don't even know what that means. <laughs> but I, I, got, I got up and I did some things. I actually, um, I've just come out of a nap. Have you? I have. I've, oh, I made some bread this morning and then um, was reading, reading in another language because, you know. Because, because you uh, can. Well, I can very badly and very slowly. Um, children's books. And, um, and then I felt all sleepy. And I still feel, I, I still feel a little sleepy. I like that you feel a little sleepy uh, because it, 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 it will be like this is almost an extension of your dream. We could talk about <laughs> things that we dream about. <laughs> oh, my God. Is there anything? The only thing more, more boring than listening to somebody's dreams is listening to somebody's problems, which reminds me, I've been really struggling recently with. <laughs> really? Oh, I'm sorry to hear that. Oh, thanks so much. Tell but me then, more. You know, This is a podcast in which two friends have serious conversations about silly things and silly conversations about serious things. I'm Simon Ellis. And I'm Lee Miller. Welcome to Midlifing. I was... um. I was remembering the other day, uh, in fact, it, it was a very specific memory. It was early July. I don't know the, precisely the date. Early July, 1983. And so this was the height of summer in the UK. And as you can imagine, that strange thing, the height of winter in New Zealand. And it was a special night, in fact, because it was the Wimbledon semi-final. I would have been 14 years old. And a New Zealander was playing in the Wimbledon semi-final. Ooh, which one? His na- uh, well, the, I don't know how many tennis te- New Zealand tennis players you're aware of. Anyway, this one in particular. I'm not aware of any tennis players this, at all. This one in particular was called Chris Lewis. And Chris Lewis has made the semi-final of Wimbledon, uh, of Wimbledon men's singles. And this was an extraordinary thing. And he was playing a South African, even better, whose name was Kevin Curran. And the game went on and on and on. And I was watching at a friend's place, a friend who... I don't, I don't remember who he was in the sense I don't right. know. I don't remember his name. I don't remember why I was friends with him. Did we go to school together? Did we play tennis together? I don't remember. But we were up in the middle of the night watching Chris Lewis eventually beat Kevin Curran of South Africa. This was a big deal for a little place like New Zealand. Anyway, this is not the point of the story. The point of the story is that at some point in the evening, my friend brought out penthouse magazines and this was and what i remember is that he got them from his father's uh you know the set of what do you call the set of drawers next to your bed um sideboard night table nightstand nightstand i never know the name of furniture just as a just as a slight (laughs) tangent (laughs) (laughs) I have to point and go the thing next to the 
And yeah. I, I, I'm, I'm with you there because I've heard people use the word credenza quite a lot in my life. And I've no clue what a credenza is. I, I wouldn't know it if it, was to, if it was to leap on me. And it might be able to because it could be a, it could be a small animal. But people have them in their homes. So I don't think it's like hamster. I think because I hear people say, put it on the credenza. And I've never heard anybody say, put it on the hamster. <laughs> so I guess it must be a furniture item. Except those people who have pet hamsters and take them for a walk and have little collars. And they say, put the oh, collar. Oh, yeah, then that would put, be, yes. put, it on the, put it on the hamster. Put it on the hamster. Um, anyway, so again, this person whose father kept penthouses in his, let's call it his credenza. <laughs> he kept the magazine penthouse. He didn't keep like actual penthouses because that would be like another layer of complexity to put, to and, put buildings inside furniture. And nor did he keep hamsters in his credenzas. Credenza. is an Italian word. What's it mean? I think, I think it means deadline. <laughs> I love that you know that. <laughs> sorry, sorry all our italian uh, listeners will be furiously saying no it doesn't mean that you fucking cretino <laughs> <laughs> okay so anyway and credenza um, by the beds and he's, he's got his penthouse yeah, well, so I did, anyway and so my friend and again i don't remember <laughs> my friend brings them out and i remember thinking wait so his dad we were 14 his dad what let's say he was 40 maybe mid 40s that's just a. That's just a, you know, stab in the dark. Get, a, a, <laughs> that's what his mum said. <laughs> so sorry, I let it that out. No, don't worry. I mean, I know you should just. I mean, you should. You could have saved that for at some point in this conversation. I am sure. And the funny thing is, I mean, I don't have any other memory other than we must have looked at them. And that must have involved, inevitably, erections at some point, right? And mm. I also remember thinking, ew, your father reads pornography. And uh, I, there was something about, so, and I, this is that weird thing about memory, which is mm. I don't know whether I'm effectively time-traveling back the feeling, meaning did I really feel a slight sense of shame? Or is it just me thinking about myself as a 14-year-old looking at... Actually, there might be some people who don't even know what Penthouse magazine is, right? But let's say it's it was Playboy Plus. That's how I thought of it in the day, right? Playboy was like light, soft, 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 soft porn, and Penthouse was a little bit harder. Okay, there's a gap in my knowledge now. I don't know what Penthouse looks like, except I know it as a, a title. So I, I don't know it as a... My dad didn't have anything in his credenza <laughs> on nightstand. <laughs> so... And it just got me, the story got me thinking about pornography. And how... I'm so glad you said that and not erections. <laughs> Although, I... <laughs> either way, because I thought that the next, the next thing was like, so you're 47. <laughs> do you still get <laughs> Do you still get them? <laughs> it's actually a conversation about prostates. I want to talk about prostates. Um, oh, I've not had an exam. Maybe. I'm guessing you have. <laughs> <laughs> it's a funny story, that one. Uh, <laughs> the, about your prostate exam? <laughs> well, no, my, 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 let's say, desperation to have one. <laughs> uh, 
because um, dad died of prostate cancer. And so that means that means that I trigger all sorts of flags when it comes to uh, prostate examinations. The first time was I was in a, at a doctor in Australia, actually. The thing about going to the doctor in Australia is it's just totally different from going to the doctor in the UK. For one, there isn't the sense that you've got seven minutes and and that you have to kind of rush through whatever the story is. So when you walk in, there's a sort of sense that, to see the doctor, there's a sort of sense that there's a, I don't know, an exchange going on and that this person has some um, time to consider or even do a Google search for your problem. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And also the waiting rooms are blissfully quiet and empty of people. So first time I, it was around then, and it was when talked about my history and she said, well, it's probably, you you can either have a, you know, a a manual examination and or a, a, what's called a PSA test. And I was a little bit taken aback because, well, I I wasn't that keen to have this doctor uh, put fingers up my ass. Um, And so I said, well, what's the sort of time scale? And I said, well, okay, why don't I wait till I'm 50? So I'm going to turn 50 back in the UK. Uh, I went to the doctor and this doctor uh, was clearly not keen to give me a manual um, examination. No, it should, really? yeah, it should be said. It should be said in her defence uh, because she's clearly not here to defend herself, although she might make an excellent future guest. Uh, <laughs> People who haven't wanted to digitally insert themselves into Simon, an ongoing series. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Um, uh, because, of course, it's all sorts of... It's, it's, <laughs> I was going to say, it's messy. It's messy because, well, when you are uh, palpating one's prostate or someone else's prostate for that matter like what's normal like it's very and what's hard or what's 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 increased in size there's no it's very very um contextual hit and miss i might be 99th percentile um hard big prostate exactly yeah and then they start going well we should take a biopsy and then when you get a biopsy of a prostate, so they start basically putting holes in your prostate in order to see Jeez. what's there, even if there's nothing there. So oh. this is that thing which is really tricky. To prove something's not there is yeah. very, very difficult, much easier to... Um, prove that there is. Yeah, yeah, exactly. yeah. It's always easier to prove a, a, a positive than a negative. Exactly. And so I have, to this point, avoided a manual examination of my prostate. I had a moment about two weeks ago where I said to Bob, I think I need a prostate exam. And she said, why? And I said, because I, I'm, ge- I'm getting up in the middle of the night. She said, and- I'm so sorry, but I've just got to finish my breakfast. <laughs> Let me cut my nails and I'll be right back to you. Um, I, she's, I, I should put, I put into context that, um, for anybody who is still listening and got out and not eating, um, <laughs> that, that Bob is a, a qualified acupuncturist, which means that she's trained for red flags. So there are certain things that people will come and see her for that she's comfortable treating, but she has to ask a series of questions, um, that will be to, to rule out red flags, things that might be more uh, significant than the, the person who's presenting her with a series of concerns. That would might, might that be aware would, of. Would, would you perhaps need to go to a, um, Exa- a, 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 a normal doctor. <laughs> yeah, yeah. 
but part of her training was was to kind of like have a list of all the things that you should be worried about if somebody says stuff about. So she kind of knows more than the average person. She certainly yeah. knows more than me. So, so someone's said, going to the toilet a lot during the night, for exactly. example. Or, yes. Exactly. And that's what I said to her. I said, I'm, I'm going to the toilet a lot during the night. And she said, well, what's a lot? And I said, well, I, I, like, I went twice last night. She went, uh-huh. And are there any other... Are there any you other, went twice, um, sorry, you went to the toilet. You had to go to the toilet twice during the night. This isn't always. This was on a, on a specific occasion. A specific occasions of, of like it was like three times in a week. All I right. had to go to the toilet twice in a night. Wow. Um, for a week. I mean, it's not funny, but wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. So I was like, oh, okay, okay, okay. So I, I said to Bob, I think I need, I, I might need a prostate exam. And she said, let's just let's just take a moment to reflect upon other lifestyle choices. What else have you been doing? I said, what do you mean? She said, well, I've noticed that you've had three glasses of water before bed. And that might be something to reflect upon when you're drinking your glasses of water. I said, but I was thirsty. She said, uh-huh. And where do you think the water goes when you've drunk it? I, like, yeah, okay, I, love, that, uh, I love that Bob, the beautiful Bob, would uh, describe having a glass of water as a lifestyle choice. <laughs> <laughs> I think I think the reflection was when I was deciding to down three big, big glasses of water just before bed. And the thing is, I stand at the fridge, pouring glass after glass down my gullet, and Jeffrey the dog stands next to me, drinking water from his bowl, and I'm saying, stop drinking water, otherwise you'll be up all night pissing. So I'm perfectly aware of how things work when I'm telling off a dog, but it would appear that I can't extend that same level of critical analysis to my own urinary processing yeah yeah so So, we're not talking about prostates or erections but only tangentially about erections because you were leading with pornography well i mean this is kind of interesting though i mean i'm i because there's that isn't there is that that's i mean i was having the having a conversation with the doctor just the other day (laughs) and um uh you know the same conversation, and this time she said, "Well, you don't have to do it every year." So it's a little bit like you, the, the the story had changed, meaning I don't need to get a PSA test. And the thing about a PSA test, of course, is that 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 that's a strange. You get a number back, and of course, there's a number that's effectively normal for your age. But that number is going up all of the time, yeah. meaning as you get older, you're this whatever this this number re- reveals about a particular level of whatever it is, uh, is continuing to go up. And so what they're trying to say is, has it gone up a bit too much? Mm. Or has it gone up a, an amount we don't need to worry, or, you know, a value we don't need to worry about? And that, that's a pretty curious state of affairs because, of course, as you may or may not know, um, most men die with prostate cancer not many from it. Oh, that is fascinating. I did not know that most men die with prostate cancer. That's it's exactly what happens. So your your wow. your your urinary faculties are going to diminish. Yeah. Sorry to say. It's funny though. It does no, I, I I was I think I think I knew that because so my dad complained to me recently about having to get up every night to go for a wee and I was like okay okay let, let's unpack this because I, I need to know how much I have to be worried did you ask him how many like, glasses of water he drank before he went to bed I didn't but I asked him how many times he's going, getting up in the night and he went oh Jesus once I was like what <laughs> you're nearly 80 years old and you get up once a night for a piss he was like no it's fucking ridiculous isn't it 
ridiculous in what sense, Dad? He says, like, that I've got to get up for a wee. I'm like, yeah. no, you're 80 years old. This is perfectly normal. Well, I don't think it's normal. I think it's stupid. I should be able to sleep right through yeah. like a baby. Like a baby. So he, do you think he's had a life reasonably free of stress? I would actually say this is probably to do with how he has, because he... Because he's a but he was a butcher and he was standing on his feet for you know between what whatever it was like six and six and six maybe yeah. not quite that long but he was he was on his feet for at least ten hours um, and he would um, basically he'd trained himself over his life not to pee so he just has the kind of the the very the strong bladder control. control he's got very strong bladder <laughs> control so it's like there's a bit of his brain that that knows when it needs to wee that he's managed to just completely ignore. Um, yeah, and so it's. I remember he used to come home from work, and um, <laughs> this is when I was very, very little. Just to be super clear, <laughs> and we used to we used to wee in the bowl at the same time, and I really enjoyed weeing with my dad because. Um, uh, his stream was just so incredibly impressive and like just really strong. And he made so many bubbles in the toilet, so many bubbles in the toilet. Um, and it wasn't until I was much older that I was realizing that that's because it was a full day's worth of pee that he was unloading. And I was stood- standing next to him, like, like doing my little four year old trickle, going, Oh, this is, I just can't make as many bubbles as my dad. <laughs> and so I'd be like, I, I'd later, when, when I was pee, peeing by myself, I'd push really hard and like, I'd inevitably always fart because I was like trying to push my wee out to make it as bubbly as my dad's. <laughs> so there you go. <laughs> That's a memory that has just arrived fully formed from, uh, from somewhere. <laughs> Sorry, God. I've now. Lost it. I think I have to take my jumper off again. <laughs> oh no, wait, I've got a zipper. <laughs> uh, um, uh, that is that is so so priceless. I was just thinking about stretch receptors actually, and um, because uh, that lovely thing that our you know in our bladder, for example, is that we know our bladders are full because the stretch receptors in the in the surface of the bladder start pinging, they start firing um, uh, <clears throat> messages to our brain, which effectively say our bladder's full, and of course you you can you can train them you can like all kind of uh, effectively uh, neural receptors you can um, adapt and like pain receptors you can learn to to take pain and what they're called nociceptors you know so it's that's i it's a really i just love it that your dad just had this he basically had a um, piss resisting practice all day every day yeah, absolutely absolutely for like you know many decades yeah and now as an 80 year old man he's complaining about having to go once during the night yeah, absolutely. And and I, I got up twice just the other week, but then again, mitigating circumstances or micturating circumstances, if I, you want. I don't know what that means. <laughs> oh, that would have been a really funny joke. Micturation is another word for pissing. Urination. Wait, M-I-C-T-U-R-A-T-I-O-N. Yeah, micturation. Google it. That's cool, I, though. That is, that is really great. But I didn't, I did want to, I did, I was hoping, I thought... Maybe we might talk about pornography, but um, we Ooh. clearly have ended up talking about prostate. It, it just yeah. reminds me of something, though. Can Go I? On. Please. Was a friend who had uh, who had uh, prostate cancer, and he had he had it removed, 
And he was talking to his doctor who said, you know, you probably won't. It'll be uh, a lot harder if it might completely ruin your capacity to get erections. And he said, it's amazing. The doctor said, it's amazing how many men choose to not have their prostate removed, prostates removed um, for this particular reason. And the doctor said to my friend, no point dying with an erection. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's that's really interesting that that is offered as a that that's offered as a as a narrative to a to a um, to a male patient because a female patient won't have the same level of concern paid to her um urinary and reproductive organs because you know that the 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 clitoris only has one function it doesn't have multiple functions it just is purely there for orgasm doesn't do anything else and because it doesn't have any impact on men's lives because i'm trying to figure out how to circle back to penthouse but just nothing's coming to mind right now (laughs) but because it has no impact on men's lives it's been almost entirely ignored by medical science so Mm. this is incredibly complex amazing organ that serves this incredibly like you know magical function but it's just completely ignored by medical science and then you kind of go okay so in the landscape of you know obstetric i can never say these words obstetrics and gynecology gynecobgyn stuff i was just so looking forward to just hearing you just keep going over and over and thinking oh he's gonna edit that out isn't he the motherfucker i'm just i'm just gonna go straight to obgyn stuff in that landscape, the, the those medical interventions that happen for women, there is no concern about like you know what what an episiotomy might do mm. to, um, to to sexual health later on. No, it don't matter. Let's just get the baby out. Yeah. Okay. Wow. Yeah. Wow. And yet the idea that a doctor would say now if we remove this, it might impact on your ability to have an erection. You kind of think, okay. Well, I also that's... find it ridiculous that men would happily die. Oh yeah, I mean it's it's. I... But interestingly, we have kind of we have well we haven't really left pornography, or at least it's what there's something there about the primacy of the erection, and yet butt play is something that can have oh, the potential yeah. for real pleasure for both sexes, and yet it's not something that heterosexual men are encouraged to explore or think about. And instead, it's like, oh, that's that's gay stuff, and it's pushed away, or at least it is in, in kind of in public discourse. It might not be in, in people's bedrooms, but that's really interesting, that the idea that you might not be able to have an erection. Yeah, but you can still whack some up your arsehole, can't you? Although, admittedly, having your prostate removed means the thing that's going to give you pleasure, which is your prostate, has also gone. So I don't know what the relationship there between pleasure and bumholes are, because I'm not, I'm not, <laughs> I don't know how to finish that sentence. I'm not an aficionado. I mean, aficionado, aficionadism. Is that an Italian word, aficionado? Let's go. <laughs> it does have a slightly Italian kind of ring. <laughs> Did you just say an Italian ring? <laughs> I didn't finish it. I didn't finish it. Oh. <laughs> okay. Pornography. I mean, it did it did occur to me it did occur to me that there was something so um genteel and so kind of um I was going to say last century, like an absurd comparison with the hyper 
pornographied yeah. uh, existence of a 14-year-old uh, adolescence these days. And you, You've got a nephew, haven't you? I do. Yeah, 16. Is that a conversation you've had with him? No. That's interesting, isn't it? Because I'm, um, I've got, a, I guess, a godson. Although nothing for he he introduces me as his godfather. Yeah, I don't know where he's picked the word up from because you know I'm not. But that's how he introduces me when we meet his friends and stuff. Um, but I'm really aware that that's a conversation that's looming on the horizon. But yeah, so so you've never had that conversation <laughs> with him about about no, well, you know, the prevalence of porn. To be, uh, I don't think it's because it's it's yeah, it's not so much that I yeah, I don't want it. It's not that I'm trying to avoid it. Mostly with my nephew, we're um, you know it's it's quarter to six in the morning and we're at a football field playing football. Very yeah. odd time, you know. Right foot's looking really good there, boy. Yep, that's great. That's great. Hey, have you thought about? <laughs> Except for a sixteen-year-old, they're all only ever like three seconds away from thinking about sex. You for- aren't they? Oh, you forget, don't you? I remember my last year at high school, our football coach and um, we we were at the national tournament. I remember our coach, who was not a teacher at the high school. He was someone called in. He had brought pornography for us to watch together. No. Yes. No. Outrageous. And I never told my parents. My parents would have. They would have lost it. I mean, they. he would have been gone. I mean, gone, gone, gone. So, And so clearly no one, well, that I'm aware of, no one said anything. But I just remember going, why am I watching this pornography with a group of boys my it just seems so weird it was so weird and then every now and again someone would yell out lumber check right so 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 we, we okay so that's really interesting because that kind of opens up a couple of of like roots there because one is the kind of that that thing that that happened i don't know if it still happens but that thing that happened about the relationship between adult sexuality and nascent sexuality and the kind of i guess in its darkest moments become grooming Oh, oh yeah, yeah. But I mean, there are also there are questions there about what did he want to happen there? Did he want you all to? What did he? Well, let's just leave it with that. What did he want to happen there? Oh. Because you, if you if you put on your kindest hat, he thought that this was a treat, but he also is a grown up, so he knows that pornography is is designed to cause arousal. You don't just usually sit there thinking, well, this is a delightful feeling. That's true. Do you? It's, it's not like, oh, good, this was the purpose. Yes, the middle, the is, the middle the... is not the point. The end exactly is the that. point. Exactly. So he knows that as a grown-up. So there is something for me there in terms of what he was doing. What's the intention? What's the, what's the thing that's behind it? And, and then there's, you know, because that opens up all kinds of questions there about, the, about toxicity of masculinity and the narratives that are, are kind of perpetuated oh. from, from one generation to the next generation. And even if he wasn't being predatory, he was doing something there about objectification. And oh, and passing on a particular way. Totally. I mean, at the very least, he was doing that. This is how we behave. And what I want to do now is I also want to move this away from shame because... A group of 14-year-olds, and by group, I mean like three or four on a sleepover, reading a magazine and all having a wank, whether they're doing it by themselves, as in, you know, hand on their own stuff or hand on their friend's stuff, I think there has to be a level of, a, a safe level of exploration of your sexuality to work out what you like and what you don't like. And sometimes that can be done with... Others, sure. With Well, I was going to say with witnesses, because we have so many narratives of shame, or at least when we were kids, we had so many narratives of shame around masturbation. Mm. That idea that there were other people who were engaged in that at the same time is quite... I think, beneficial in terms of how it un- can unpick and unsettle some questions of shame. 
So I just want to be really clear that I'm not saying that, you know, the the exploration of stuff in, in, in kind of nascent sexuality is... is Somehow bad. Yeah, yeah, because I don't. I think it's I think it's great. But it's um it's also weird. I find weird that we've I mean, clearly this conversation is not about pornography, but it's it's touched on it lightly. It's really interesting that we then got to darker aspects. But yeah, it's it's strange that and in fact I feel like this is a more interesting conversation that we've gone to wow, this those things went on. To go back to that fourteen year old you in that room and experiencing that like oh what am i supposed to do with this to kind of to give you a a kind of a, a a correlate i was watching a horror film um because i was a spooky little kid um i and i still am a spooky <laughs> big kid i like watching horror films i think they're good but in the 80s horror films um were were exploitative you know you would always have um, teen girls, yep. always played by 30-year-old women, yep. but teen girls having their tops ripped off by killers or having their tops taken off by their boyfriends who, and then they were killed or, or whatever. Yep. And I remember watching a video with my friend whose name I can totally remember, but I'm not going to say it because <laughs> I, don't, <laughs> I don't want to paint him in a bad light. And I'm, But nevertheless, we were watching this video and this demon ripped off a girl's top and her boobs like popped out of her top obviously that would happen when a demon rips your top off and we were laughing and then rewinding it and playing it back and we must have rewound it like six you made an animated gif in the days before animated gifs we did that we just kept rewinding and laughing and laughing and laughing until there was a point at which my friend went ah shit it's like what and he he'd come in his pants oh because the kind of the um the, the eroticism of it was was kind of overwhelming. And I just think about how deeply innocent that was mm. in terms of like two friends messing about, but nevertheless the kind of the erotic charge of it. Mm. And thinking, I can't imagine 14-year-olds watching boobs pop out of a shirt that a demon's ripping off now and, and that yeah. being enough. Innocence. Innocent, it's such a yeah. It's I mean, that's, and, that's, and my, that's a really sorry. No, no. Sorry, I know that's a problematic word to have used because I, I I think that's that those are a very very rosy pair of spectacles that I'm putting on. Yeah, I don't know. I, well, I don't know. I mean, I, I don't know. I mean, I, that's I think it's it's not a word that came to mind when I was thinking about this. You know, time from when I was fourteen. But there's certainly a sense of wow, the the the, the, the kind of innocence of that moment for sure. Even though clearly at the time I thought I was much more sophisticated than I probably was. It's funny. We all we're going to do is find out a whole lot of things we can't talk about. <laughs> it's interesting because I guess conversations are rarely. Um, you rarely have to think about them in relationship to holding yourself to an, to account. Oh, it's so strange. It's so true. Yeah. I wonder if that's why so many podcasts are about something, like um, people talking about Technology. last week's episode. Well, yeah, exactly. Or last week's episode of The Mandalorian, by the way. Thank yes. you. Are there podcasts um, already for that? I guess there are. Of course there are. Oh, there's loads. Yeah, I mean, yeah. yeah, loads. We could do one for The Mandalorian and, and probably pick up, like loads of listeners because i think that that's the kind of thing that people like gravitate towards hashtag baby yoda s- 
Oh, hashtag naughty baby Yoda eating. Oh, I haven't. Eggs. Oh no! Stop! 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 